0: Just as we're entering in, I want to remind us today, whether you're online or you're here in the room, of the opportunity that is before us today. Somebody was just praying in the prayer room that God can open his hand and satisfy the need of every living thing. We are on the verge of seeing the most exciting manifestations of the kingdom of God on earth that creation has ever seen. And as we enter into worship this morning, realize that there is a door here in this room (laughs) that can open to an eternal realm, that in fact, (laughs) the whole of creation is consumed by death and is diminishing and decaying without delay except for one factor except the factor that the people of god open up the window to the life-giving presence of god that when we worship suddenly something enters into the universe that is distant and foreign to this universe at this present time but when we begin to worship Out of our innermost being, an essence begins to flow that is called life. And that the God who can open his hand and release consummate life to the very creation through us this morning is opening up life. Come on. Let's lean into that life this morning. God, flood this place. Flood Parkland County. Flood Alberta. Let the gates open in every church in this region. Let every pastor, let every Christian begin to experience an awakening, an unusual breath of God. Let the Ruach Let the breath of life begin to blow through the corridors of every church, of every Christian home, on everyone who names the name of Christ this morning. We intercede. We stand in the gap. We say, let life come down. Let's worship. Included in everything that he reigns over is sickness, pain, tormenting spirits, depression. Everything that the kingdom of darkness would throw up against you. Come on, he reigns. Speak it out. Whatever's tormented you, whatever's biting at your heels, say to it now, under my feet, you are under our feet. You are under the name of Jesus. Chronic sickness. Come on, keep going. Come on, lift it up. He reigns. Say it like you mean it. Say it like the kingdom of heaven is at your back. You will not win. Darkness, you will not rule over me. Jealousy, hopelessness, you will not rule over this city. We break every demonic curse that has floated this way, that tries to steal your contentment, your joy, and your victory. I say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, he reigns, he reigns, he reigns, he reigns. reigns. Come on, there might be people who are not in the building that are right now considering suicide, considering medical suicide. They're ready to turn it in. In Jesus' name, we contend for cousins and neighbors and aunts and uncles and friends and friends of friends whose names we do not know. We say, let the kingdom of God come to Canada You are great you are great you are great Come on release your spirit out of your innermost being You want to know where the kingdom of God comes from? It doesn't come from the sky. It comes from your innermost being. The kingdom of God is in you, believers. Out of the depths. For generations, the church has sung a song about a fountain, about a river that re- never runs dry. That means there is a supply of life and everything you need right there, right in front of us. Attached to your spirit is a reservoir. Of impossible dimensions of endless flow. (laughs) Whatever you need, you can draw from that font. Jesus, Jesus, unleash unleash overcomers unleash harvesters unleash your excellent ones majestic ones unleash
1: so david when he's on the run he's pining he's thirsting oh if i could just have a drink from the well at bethlehem the water over there. Oh, that would be so good. And these mighty men took it upon themselves. Between David and his men and that well was an encampment of the enemy, the adversary. And these mighty men took it upon themselves. The only way to get that water was to go through There's no tiptoeing around it. There's no, well, what about that other well? That's pretty good water. The king wants that water, and the only way to get it is through. The king wants some water this morning. There's a specific well. Are there any mighty men? Are there any mighty women?
0: Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to give up this day to witches and warlocks and sorcerers. I'm not willing to diminish my expectation of what God can do in the Spirit of God is made available on this day. It's almost like we've been programmed, oh, yeah, October is really hard. You know, We just if we could just get through October and not die, wow, that will be a great victory. I want you to know that God, who's who dwells above the earth, who dwells above the circle of the earth, is not moved by the incantations of sorcerers. The whole world is in his hand. We say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it this is the day that the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it so father we say to this morning let your kingdom come father you own the cattle on a thousand hills you own the silver and the gold lord you open your hand and satisfy the need of everything god we say give us a glimpse of the supply that's available this morning open our eyes we pray in jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. Amen. all right so good to be back hallelujah uh yeah last week i was in ottawa exciting things happening in our nation's capital right I think if we need to support any churches or bless any city in terms of the spiritual gates that uh, are in that city, which is what a church is, Ottawa needs our blessing. Amen? I want to be able to influence that uh, political sphere and raise up the hands of our brothers and sisters. So it was great to be in Ottawa with a few churches there, looking at going back potentially in March with a, possibly a worship team. Speaking of which, we're missing some of our worship people this morning. We had a full band, which is great, but about six of our folks are up north at a men's conference with Paul and So we bless them. Amen? We bless them. We bless them. Um, Anyway, I, I, uh, I want to share something today. Guess what? It, it's not new. Yeah. You may have heard it before, but maybe not from this angle. But I tell you what, I'm sitting here this morning and I'm worshiping, and uh, I came to church with an expectation this morning because I, uh, I just feel so strongly that the people of God on the verge are on the verge of drawing down the kingdom of heaven in a in a way that's just over the top i tell you what there is uh there is an opening that god wants to bring every time i think about coming to church i'm thinking about this room but i see something else i see a curtain being pulled back and everything that's in the dimension where god lives coming into this realm this is what we're praying for this is the why we say your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The expectation of every Christian should be not let's escape because the world is getting worse, but let's see the earth invaded with the goodness of God. Let's see the provision of a mighty God come to the earth such that every knee bows and every tongue confesses. This is the reason we say your kingdom come. It's not an empty thing that say, oh, we'll just do this because it feels good. And we'll live the dream that, you know, one day in heaven, things will be better. No, he said, I want things to be better here. I want to invade your world with me. And I want to invade the world with me through you, that you are the channel. You are the opening. The deep that calls to deep is inside of you. And uh, the only thing, if you want to sum up all the spiritual warfare, it's simply the enemy trying to get you to not believe that. That's everything he's doing, to get you to not believe. You know, I was sitting here thinking, and I I won't name any names, but... I was thinking, <laughs> the, there are people with sounds inside of them, and if I and, and the enemy beats on you all week long, and you come here, and then there's all kinds of intimidation. And if you think you don't, you have intimidation. You can imagine what our dancers and our singers and our musicians deal with all the time. I mean, they're the pointy end of the spear, and the enemy's trying to keep them from lifting their voice. Maybe maybe you just think I I lift my voice because I'm a loudmouth. Yeah, it might be true. No, I lift my voice because there's power in the sound of faith. And some of you are beginning to realize that. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting where somebody starts to pray, and as soon as they start to pray, you feel energized, you suddenly start to believe the things that are coming out of their mouths? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah! Well, here's the thing. You could do that too because they're not just saying encouraging words. They're, they're releasing an atmosphere that makes those things that are inconceivable real. They cause things that are imperceivable to begin to become tangible. That's what we are all about. Yeah, amen. So... Got a chance to do some of that stuff in Ottawa, and I tell you what, it was it was a blast. It was so much fun. But today I want to talk about this. This is the theme of what I want to talk about, exploring the fourth dimension. Exploring the fourth dimension. Hey, you may have noticed there's a whiteboard up here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you missed that, but uh, uh, I'm going to use this. I'm actually going to use this. And Chris was saying, man, I've never seen you do this with a whiteboard. I, I thought, you know, actually, if I had my choice, I'd probably use a whiteboard all the time because I always get pictures. And I might not be an artist, but uh, anyway, the fourth dimension. There's a book written by Yonggi Cho uh, about the fourth dimension. And when he began to discover the kingdom of God, he was trying to convey it in scientific terms. And so he, he used that word that there's a fourth dimension, and it's just as real as this world. And this world is three-dimensional, right? That means we have height, we have width, we have depth. There's, there's three different dimensions. And so we live in a world with three dimensions. And the idea of a fourth dimension is a realm beyond the three dimensions that we have. Okay? And, uh, but the, here's the problem. Is, is, as a notion, it's very conceivable increasingly conceivable. In fact, string theory suggests that there are 11 dimensions. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I think scientists are just sort of poking in the dark. But regardless, they're starting to see what has always been there. I don't know if you remember the story way back when, before doctors believed that there were microscopic particles and molecules and things like that. They didn't believe in germs. Do you know that? Doctors at one point didn't believe in germs. Hard to fathom given this day and age, right? <laughs> now they really believe in them. <laughs> but, but literally, once it had begun to be discovered that uh, this doctor who examined one person and then didn't wash their hands and examined another and another, wow! Well, lo and behold, everybody got the same infection. How does that happen? Well, they eventually realized that there were invisible particles that are being passed on from person to person. What? That that was fable. That was science fiction. That was imagination. Little particles so small I can't see them. I mean, that was the mocking tone of the medical community when all this came out. They're no further advanced now when it comes to the invisible. (laughs) They're no better off now than they were then. So I want to talk about the fourth dimension. I I was watching a video this last week, and this guy explained something that I thought, oh, this would be really helpful for us to see. But I want to talk about this, because the fourth dimension is really about the kingdom of God. Jesus, Jesus was about bringing the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom? He preached the kingdom. He said, get ready because the kingdom of God is coming. Get ready, because here it comes. In Luke chapter 11, uh, he was being accused of doing things on, behest, on the behest of the kingdom of darkness. Remember that? And so it says, others testing him sought for him a sign, but he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself uh, is brought to desolation. This is in verse 11 to 16, in case you haven't memorized it. And a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, then how do your sons cast them out? In other words, you know, the fishermen, the others, you know, the Jews that were walking with me used to be in your synagogues, right? You know, what? how are they doing it? This is what he says. He says, therefore, they will be your judges. But... If I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come to you. We are praying for, contending for, and built with an ability to manifest the fourth dimension the invisible realm of the kingdom of heaven, we are called and made with a capacity not only to secretly, intuitively interact with that realm, but to bring manifestations of the kingdom of God from that realm. The kingdom of God, the message of, of the gospel is not just the message of salvation, it's the message of a kingdom. It's a message that behind these three dimensions lies at least one more dimension, that's much larger, much powerful, and, and that is the root and the source of everything that sustains this dimension. That's what the uh, Hebrew says about Jesus, is his words uh, created everything and hold everything together. That means that the fourth dimension sustains this present dimension. Anyway, uh, I wanted to give you this example because I thought it was pretty exciting. This guy was sharing about the fourth dimension. He was basically saying, you know, he's, that, the, that if we want to understand the fourth dimension, think of the limitations of the second dimension compared to the third dimension. Right? You know, this world here, if this was, uh, I mean, it's obviously it's imaginary, but there's a guy in this world. We'll call him Tom. Tom lives in this world. And... Um, if I wanted to take something from my world and put it into his world, presumably if I had to, if I had the ability to do that, you know, let's, let's do that. Let's put this bottle. Here's my artistic abilities right here. Uh, anyway, you could take a sphere. You could take a bottle. You could take, uh, I was thinking, well, what if we drew this podium in there? If you draw that podium in there, of course, we are all in the third dimension. That means as we're looking at this, you can tell explicitly what these things are, right? uh, Because we we have an ability to look from this angle. But you know what? If you lived in this two-dimensional world that only had this direction and this direction, that means you can only see things from the side. You can't see things from here. For all intents and purposes, this realm does not exist to the guy on the board. I mean, think about it for a second. That means a bottle just appeared out of nowhere, right? Because I did that. I did that, and he doesn't know I'm here. And all of a sudden, there started to be writing in the air, right? A line appeared in front of me so magically, so mystically. Do you remember the time? Was it uh, Daniel's day? Right, All of a sudden, they begin to be writing on the wall. What's where, where? that coming from? What's going on here? This is so mysterious. It's because it's coming from a realm you cannot see, but is as much there as this third dimension is there for this guy on the board. Man, I started thinking about this this week, and I thought, wow, the, the analogies are absolutely many. They're, they're so amazing. It's very cool. But this guy was saying, you know, the, the problem with, with this is he doesn't see what that thing is, right? He, he does All he sees is this. Because if you, if you come to the side, and if you look at that bottle, it looks like a bottle here, still looks like a ball, still looks like a bottle, still looks like a ball. And from here on, it gets more and more undiscernible. Here it's barely a scribble, and here it's just a black line just a black line. When the fourth dimension touches the third dimension, it has that same miraculous quality. Father, I pray for the spirit of revelation today, God, to fill this room. God, I feel the uh, stronghold of the intellect, I feel the stronghold of unbelief, I feel, God, in Jesus' name, the demonic constraint that causes us to be locked into a limited dimension, I ask in Jesus' name, God, that you would cause our expectation to shift and to change. You know, the thing about uh, uh, these things is that, uh, let me try and explain a little more, he... In the video I was looking at, the guy was using a sphere. And I didn't bring a sphere with me, but I think you know what a sphere looks like in the natural, right? And he had this, this ball. And so if we put a ball there, you can see that's a ball. It's an oval, right? It's somewhat circular. But again, he only sees a line. And so that means even though a ball can be three-dimensional, it has full shape and everything. All he sees is a tiny little cross section of that. Have you ever seen a 3D printer? You know what a 3D printer does? How it, it prints, it prepares, it builds things in layers? Well, if you take the thinnest layer possible of a thing, you can't really tell what that thing is because it's not it's not fully formed. And so if I were to introduce a ball into a two-dimensional realm all that would be seen would be this right so imagine if i had a ball and i'm trying to bring it into this realm and uh now you've got this ball but he can't see this he can only see the side but the ball is three-dimensional so what part of the ball am i showing him I mean, think of a hundred different slices of that ball, and he can only see one of those hundred slices. If there's a thousand slices, he can only see one one thousandth of that ball. Now, if he's seeing the very first little part of it, like if you take, imagine a ball that's there, he just took off the first sliver, the first little edge of it. That would be that front edge from here to here, because we got see that. Now, this is, these are large slices. Imagine smaller slices. If I were taking a ball and I was introducing it to this realm, he can only see two-dimensionally, two so he can only see a tiny cross-section of that ball. So if I'm introducing a ball into that realm, what does he at, see at first? He sees that. Right? As this ball is entering his realm, then he sees that. Then he sees that, but only one of those at a time. He can't see beyond that because he can't see what's passed through and what's on the right or what's on the left. He can only see that one part that exists in his present plane. And so he can, might be seeing this one. Whichever one I want him to see as the creator of in the introducer I'm the one that's bridging the gap between the third dimension and the second dimension. He only sees what I let him see. I mean, think about that. Is it any wonder that the apostle Paul says, oh, I'm praying for this. I'm praying that your eyes would be open. Because what you see is a tiny sliver. You only see a tiny sliver when God moves into creation. You only see a tiny, minuscule effect, and that you don't even understand. That's why I said, you want to know what the children of the kingdom are like? They're like the wind that blows, and you don't know where it comes from, or you don't know where it goes. But you only see the minuscule effect of that wind. You see it affecting the trees in the natural You you know, you see its influence, but you can't see it. He says, so is everyone who's born of the kingdom. He said, listen, the children of the kingdom are meant to not only go to the fourth dimension after they die, they're meant to live there right now. They're meant to be as mystical, as anonymous, as the, the wind that comes from we don't know where. So this guy who's here I'm introducing something to him. I'm introducing a, a very, very large ball. But at that huge ball, as it's coming into his realm, he, what happens? It gets bigger and bigger. The part that he sees is closer to the center mass of this thing. So the cross sections that he's seeing start to get larger and larger and larger and larger. Can you see that? Does that make sense? Well, what does that have to do with the kingdom of God? God's message to us is always the same. Listen, in my world, I have unimaginable supply for you. I have supply beyond comprehension. In your world, you start with a thing, and once you use it up, you have less of that thing. Right? Money's that way. When you spend it, you have less. After you drink your water, you have less. The only picture of infinity we have is renewable resources, right? Because there's this cyclical sense in which things are, and it's a picture of that provision, but it's only a cyclical thing. We're still locked in creation, but it's a prophetic picture of God's endless supply. But God is saying, listen, outside of the realm in which you live, I have unending things i want you to think about this for a second because god is trying to get us to believe for more but we only believe what we see and what we feel and what we touch that's the that's the anchor that we have that's the limitation and the warfare of the demonic is to get you to believe and see nothing more than what is right in front of you and to decide that's the only thing that truly exists but God is trying to get you to see the unending nature of this. So he gives the prophet this prophetic picture. And the prophet Jeremiah or is it Ezekiel, Ezekiel, he sees this picture of the temple of God. He sees the city of Jerusalem. He sees a river flowing out into the world in the vision. And it's coming out of the eastern gate. And he says that, you know, it's this wide and it's uh, this deep. It's not very deep at all. But this river is different than any other river because what's happening is as the water moves along, even it's smaller at its source and it gets bigger as it goes. I want you to think about that for a second. It's not by accident that God gives that picture to, to Ezekiel because God knows and understands the fourth dimension. And he's, and he's watching this river, and of course at the end we know the river goes down to the seas and everything it touches is healed. The nations are healed, the people are healed. But more than that, this river grows in volume with each passing mile. It gets deeper and wider, and deeper and wider, and deeper and wider. That is a picture of the interaction of the fourth dimension with the third dimension. and It mirrors the interaction of the third dimension with the second dimension. Because when this guy, first of all, there is no ball, and I take and begin to introduce a ball with my crayon, Right? And I'm trying, as I'm, he only sees the tiny cross section. It starts tiny, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the full thing, the center mass of that thing is exposed. And then I can take it away or I can continue. You know, he's writing on the wall, and all of a sudden, the hand that, that's writing just pulls back and no longer happening. We don't know where it came from. We don't know where it went. But there it is. The question is, do you actually believe that? Do you really believe that there is another dimension? Here this morning as we're worshiping, we're singing, and there's, there's an obvious source to the sound, right? Where's that source? It's in the speaker's. It's coming from instruments. It's coming from voices. But we're sitting here and we're engaging in worship. And you might be sitting and listening to the song. They, oh yeah, I really like that song. I like that one less. That one I don't like at all, so I won't even sing. You know, uh, it's a good time to go to the bathroom. But but you're you know we're we're like often we're like this guy. And something is coming into this realm, we're interacting with it, we're singing the song, we see a little part of that song, but what God is trying to say, listen, there's a lot more going on than the harmony and the melody and the tone of this song. There's a whole dimension, this song and this sound, this is why I'm looking for people who worship in spirit and truth, because there's a whole world behind that song. And there's two different types of people in church on Sunday there's those that are enjoying the music and those that are interacting with the fourth dimension and we're in here and we're, we're, we're singing that song, and at some point it's like, "Wow, the presence of God is here, and you might feel an emotion, you might feel maybe little you know." Little bit of electricity on your head, or something, or you might feel the emotions, you might feel the stirring. Maybe you don't feel anything. Maybe all you feel and see is the vibrations of the sound, the words on the wall, and the musicians doing their thing. And for all intents and purposes, there's nothing beyond what's right here. Father, open up the eyes of our understanding to see what's hidden from our eyes right now. God, give us a spirit of revelation. Give us the spirit of revelation and understanding so that not only can we believe as a notion in the idea of something beyond the three-dimensional realm, but implicitly interact with it because it's faith that unlocks the provision of the fourth dimension into the third dimension. Now, here I am. I am like God to this whiteboard. I am bringing things out of nowhere. I am bringing this supply, and this guy is victimized by what I'm bringing. But if it were possible, this is what God has done. He said, that's you. You're limited the same way that guy's limited. But I don't want you to be limited that way. Not only do I want you to enjoy what I can bring out of nowhere, endless amounts of that thing, but I want you to participate in the bringing and the ushering in of those things. Because I want you to be sons and daughters. I want you to be be the activators. And faith engages the invisible. Faith is the substance of what you cannot see. Faith allows you to touch and realize this is not phantom-like. This is not mist. This is actual. It's real. See, God is sitting here and he say, man, I could just, look, at. I'm out here. I got all this stuff. I mean, as, as big as the world is that we live in compared to this whiteboard, God's world that's hidden from our eyes is even bigger. Yeah. And he's saying, I'm looking for people who will believe that I can introduce things to this realm. I'm just looking for people to believe. Father, God, give us the ability to believe. So we see these examples of this supply where the prophet, he, he's sent to a widow and he goes to the widow, right, who's starving. She's ready to die. She has a son, I think. I, can't, I didn't look up this particular story, but it just came to me. She has a son and she goes to the, the widow of Zarephath, I think her name is, or her title. And he goes to her and a, he, he's the prophet. And he's there. To make sure she doesn't die. So how does he do that? He says to her, give me what you got. (laughs) What? I'm the one that's starving here. I've got a tiny little bit of oil. I'm going to make one cake and then I'm going to die. And you want to preempt that death by taking the last little bit that I have? Can you see the role of faith and obedience here? But the prophets say, well, you don't understand. There, if this is, a, this is God's supply, right? This guy's got something. What if I could, I could just pour? I got a hose hooked up to the city water. I could just open up the hose and pour and pour and pour. And this is the prophetic word that he's given. that said, listen, give me your, give me your cruise of oil, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it, make a cake for me. I'm going to pray over it, and the cruise of oil will not run dry. What is that a picture of? He said, listen, you don't know, but your cruise looks empty, but it's not. It's connected. If you believe a supernatural dynamic will open up and the oil will not stop. So go and get as many vessels as you can find, and we're going to start pouring into them. So they start pouring. And when did the oil stop pouring? When she ran out of vessels, so how many did she get? As much as her expectation could muster, right? It's like I mean, my cruise is this big, and I've got I've got twelve of these. I got twelve of these, man. Twelve is a lot. The prophet say, like, like, you should have got fifty. You should have got big wine barrels. You could have sold. You could have been a millionaire. You could have been wealthy beyond your imagination, but your imagination and expectation could only muster this much because you don't, you're not seeing the endless supply. You're stuck in a world where things are always running out. Are you stuck in a world where things are always running out? So we have this other scenario. Jesus is out with the disciples and they're, they're preaching the gospel, and they're being faithful. And there's thousands of people. And no food. No running water. No bathrooms. <laughs> Nobody talks about that. Yeah, there's, there's some limitations. And uh, the disciples say, you know, Jesus is getting kind of late here. Maybe we should send the people home to get something neat. And he says, you feed them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. He said, well, what do you got? Oh, we got a here, actually, Matthew 15, verse 33. Then his disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a multitude? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven, and a few fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks and broke them and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the multitude so that they all ate and were filled. Then they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now those that were ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. What is that? That is again the same picture of infinite supply. It is the picture that comes from the river, that this is a river, this is a point of supply that does not get eaten up and absorbed by the earth, but it gets larger and larger. It is undiminishing in every conceivable way. The cruise of oil will not run dry. He said, I'm going to feed people, I'm going to keep giving bread and keep giving fish till 4,000 of you have been fed. What, do you think Jesus is trying to say something? Do you think there's a message here? See, this guy here, you he didn't know it, but he's an amputee. He's an amputee. Wait a minute. Woohoo! He is not an amputee anymore. That leg just appeared out of nowhere. Miraculous. Of course, it's not a mystery to you because you understand how it works, but it's a mystery to him. Yeah. <laughs> if he had consciousness. Oh, God, could you make blind eyes see and deaf ears open? Could you yeah. deliver us from chronic pain? Could you, could you bring something out of nothing? Is it possible? You know... I shared this before about finances, but years ago I was reading that verse in James, and it says this, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. But here's the thing, when even though it comes from above, he say, listen, there is another dimension that has all the supply. And you are living in the limited world. And God is saying, listen, if you just obey, if you just do what I tell you, I will start funneling through you provision beyond your imagination. If you just begin to believe that it's not your effort, it's not what you're doing, it's not, well, I'm going to work every day and I get such and such dollars. No, don't do that. There's more. Keep working, but don't limit yourself to your paycheck. There's a more than you can imagine. And the people that believe start to access that. Now, I don't talk about money a lot, but I might start talk about it more because I'm starting to believe in a way I've never believed before. But I start looking at some guys... And you may think, well, these are prosperity preachers. I, they have tapped into something. They give away. I know a guy, one guy in particular. I won't say his name because you probably won't like him. He gives away hundreds of millions of dollars over the last 20, hundreds of millions of dollars. You know what? There's so much coming in, he, he can't give it away fast enough. Why? Well, yeah, because he's convincing all these people to give him money. No, 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 that's your problem. You think that provision is coming from the natural? It's not. We talked about that two weeks ago. Do you remember that? Oh, you've forgotten already, eh? I'll tell you, I'll have to preach it again. Here we go. David is out with his mighty men, and they're fighting. And all of their families, right, got got kidnapped by the Amalekites. And so he seeks the Lord. They're going to stone him. He seeks the Lord, and the Lord says, go after them. But half of their crew, like 300 of their guys, are so exhausted, they can't possibly make the trip. So they go, and they get on their horses, and and they go with their swords, and they go and they overtake the Amalekites, and they kill them, and they get all of their, I mean, they've been on a little bit of a trip, not only did they take from them, but they take, took from the whole southern section or that particular part where the Philistines were. They took, I mean, husbands, wives, cattle, I mean, gold, silver, you name it, they took it, and they got all that stuff back. And then when they came back to the, to the camp, remember what happened? And a bunch of people said, no, we're not sharing this with the guys that didn't come. In other words, look, at, we worked hard for our money. That's the the line I gave you two weeks ago. I work hard for my money. No, you don't. Wealth comes from the invisible dimension. But you don't understand, I actually went to work. (laughs) Then you don't understand where supply comes from. And so David says this. It says, yeah, we fought, but the Lord gave us the victory. And we don't have the right to be stingy with what God gave us. Now, for some people, they're living in this world. All they see is, no, no, no. I got on my horse and I went and I stabbed guys and I took what they had. I didn't see God's involvement at all. Exactly. That's the point. You did not see God's involvement at all. So when God says to you, every Good and perfect gift comes from above. It acts See, faith, your ability, whether you think you have it or not, but it's faith that unlocks the provision of the dimension that's beyond you and causes that resource to come in. Yeah. And just because you did something in obedience, well, you know, I was the one who had the initial cruise of oil, so this wasn't really the Lord. It's just that ridiculous. Faith sees that. Unbelief doesn't. Unbelief takes credit for everything. I'm the one that had to get on my... I'm the one with the saddle source. I went and got my wife and kids back. You remember that message? God is trying to say, listen, when you're locked into the narrow sliver of of a two dimensional world you don't see that actually everything that's done for you comes from a whole other dimension and you wipe it off you dismiss it as implausible but you just think well that's a mystery I don't know where that that limb came from I don't know where that sphere came from I don't know what it is I I can't even because you only see I, I don't even know that it's a ball it's just a line see there are things about God he wants to introduce you to but what you see is a line that's why there's some people who could be in church and go, Wow, wasn't that amazing service? I guess. I, I, I guess. What were you interacting with? Faith enables you to interact with an invisible dimension where all the supply is. And if people are saying, Wow, that was an amazing service, and you're saying, eh. Not my cup of tea. You likely missed everything important. And here's the, here's the thing. You don't have to. God is saying it's everything in, in me wants you to engage with this realm, experience it, and see it. I'm trying to open your eyes. I'm trying to get you to believe. Because belief, faith, opens your capacity to experience it. Well, I believe it's there. No, no, no. Positive mental acknowledgement of facts is not faith. Faith enables engagement with the invisible. And then when you got born again, that's what God gave you, the capacity to engage with the invisible. And so he's trying to get a people... To understand that there's a cruise of oil that doesn't run dry, that there is a supply. That when you, this is what he says: when you give, it shall be given to you. Pressed down, uh, uh, shaken, and running over. And the picture is of a of a bag of of seed or a bag of wheat. Right? You know, you shake it, you push it down, and and it, it still keeps coming and it's running over. And what is it? Shall men give into your bosom? So the, well, it wasn't God, it was men. I made shrewd business investments. No, you didn't make shrewd business investments. Well, you may have, but they were shrewd because faith unlocked something or God, just in his goodness, decided to give it to you. Because, really, on one level, there's nothing this guy can do for me that would qualify him for a new knee. (laughs) But if I want him to engage with me to be a part of the process, that's my decision, and I have the ability to make it possible. And I'm inviting him to be involved in the most fantastic dynamic the universe has ever seen. The kingdom of God is crossing into our dimension, and there are men and women prepared for this time to engage with it at increasing levels. And God is saying, if you want to engage more, you can. So then the question is, what is it that keeps me from being able to see? You know, the the centurion, the centurion, who Jesus marveled at his faith because because people would come to Jesus and say, "You know i 'm sick or something, like do something magical. I saw that you put your hands on that guy, and you know boom, suddenly he could see, so put your hands on on me. Suddenly, the trick is the putting the hands on, right? When the woman pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment and suddenly got healed up to then you don't see that kind of miracle happen after that everybody tried to come and touch his garment because they realized oh it's not just him laying hands on me if i touch him i get that stuff comes on me now the the transition point is me touching him all right, so there's a, sometimes when he touches you, when he calls you out, when he says, hey, come here, lays hands on you, you get stuff. But this person touched them. So now there's two different ways we can get this. And the centurion comes along and says, nah, yeah, no, you don't need to touch me, and I don't need to touch you. Just say the word. <laughs> and Jesus, whoa, are you guys getting this? That's faith. He sees what nobody else has seen. Again, I'm telling you these things. I'm explaining them. And there's, you know, concepts here that are floating around the room. And you can walk away from here today with an understanding of those concepts. But that does not automatically translate to faith. Faith is another commodity that's worked out in your journey with God. Uh, This message gives you an opportunity to begin to believe like never before. It gives you the construct of the world and God's capacity to invade from an invisible realm. The coolest thing about this video, he said, you know, when you have a third dimension and you have a fourth dimensional being, they can just come in and out of your dimension at will. That means objects can appear and disappear. What did Jesus do after he broke bread with the disciples on the road to Emmaus? He broke the bread and he vanished. Ah, fourth dimensional. You see, what was fascinating to me is how many parallels there were between the limited man in the two-dimensional world because we think, "Well, we're not limited, look at, we're, we're not stuck on a whiteboard. No, we're stuck. We're stuck in a world surrounded by limitations and death, where everything goes from a place of usefulness to a place of let's throw it away, where we have finite resources of God is saying, "Listen, if you just could see slightly beyond your vision, there's a whole realm. There's a whole dimension. And there's infinite supply. This is what he meant when he said, I give you the power to create wealth. Oh, I thought, I, I thought wealth was a product of transactions. No, no, no. That's an illusion. Do the transactions, but wealth comes from the invisible realm. And the more people that live in the three-dimensional world that believe, then wealth starts to come to them from this other realm. But the question is, do we believe? Let's pray. Let's, can we stand up together? There's probably a lot more here that we could have talked about. But Lord, thank you, God. You said that you, you, you reveal these things to the simple. God, I pray that you would reveal these things to us. God, we have a, we're getting a glimpse of concepts and ideas. But I pray... God, that you would show us that the present world, everything we see and feel and touch has its sustaining power and has its origins from the invisible dimension in which you live. Father, make us vessels that can introduce to this world what is untouchable. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray. Some of us today are in a school where God is trying to teach us to believe, trying to break off of us fear. See, fear, fear is the evidence that you don't believe. Fear is uh, it goes with unbelief, and it's it's contrary to the notion that God has all things and can do all things and is willing to do all things. Father, we pray, may this church, may this church be that kind of church. Let me say one last thing. It starts when we worship. It starts when we come. The the most basic transaction is in worship the atmospheric experience you change which happens because some people in the room believe and they're not just singing songs they're drawing from a realm the presence of God actually doesn't come from the song (laughs) it comes from the hearts of people who believe and are leaning past the songs who are reaching into that invisible realm. And it can be the musicians, but it can be anybody in the room that believes. That's what energizes worship. Not how good it's being played, and not whether the right tune is being played, and not whether there is drums or not drums, or guitar or not guitar. It's entirely dependent upon faith. So as we close today... We ask, God, that you would give us the audacious capacity to dream, to begin thinking on a scale above subsistence, above existence, above a good life. God, that you would begin to defy the limitations of our minds, of our weak expectations, God, we present ourselves today as candidates, companions for a journey with you where you introduce us to worlds unknown. Can you say amen to that? Oh, God, you are able to teach us. So teach us, Lord. Holy Spirit, teach teach us. Teach us teach us listen he he wants to give us this more than we want to have it so even the slightest bit of willingness on our part he'll begin to morph your life morph your faith into something unimaginable alright well bless you thanks for joining us online Have a great week. Bless you all.